Welcome to Plant-Based DFW with Dr. Riz and Maya. Clyde and Kay Miller have been retired for one and a half years, living a plant-based lifestyle since September 1, 2017, almost a year. Uh, they are full-time RVers living in a 40-foot motorhome named Aruba. Today, we will hear from Clyde and Kay about their volunteer work for nonprofit organizations. We will also talk about living a plant-based lifestyle while on the road. Welcome, Clay and Kay. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I said Clay. Uh, welcome, Clyde and Kay, also known as Trekking with Clay. Yes. We were really excited um, to know about you guys because we follow each other on Instagram. And so we being uh, sailors and sort of traveling often, we were really excited to know that you guys are also plant-based. So um, if we can kind of, if you can tell us a little bit more about yourselves and how this retirement came about, um, how you decided on an RV. Clyde and I actually met online. Oh. And one of the first, you didn't know that. <laughs> uh, one of the first uh, conversations we had, uh, I grew up camping and I just made a comment about have you ever considered living in an RV when you retire? And he began to tell me a story about an aunt and uncle who had lived in an RV for 20 plus years and served at different camps across the U.S. And so it was just one more feather in his cap <laughs> as we, you know, were beginning to talk as we were getting to know each other. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, similarly for us, our common uh, thing about meeting was sailing. Uh, and so we knew right away that we both had a... Uh, uh, a good love for that. Exactly. Yeah. And now, um, so you've been on the RV for about a year and a half. And did you wait for a certain time to go ahead and make this move? Really, what we did is we purchased the RV a couple of years ago uh, before because we really wanted to try to get an experience with it. When we did you know, go full timing, we wanted to make sure it was in something that we wanted to be full time in. And, uh, you know, with that, we started doing research. In fact, uh, you know, Kay went and did a, a class and, uh, you know, we did a bunch of different things. It's kind of, kind of getting ready for what we eventually wanted to do. Um, but we ended up, you know, seeing that we were storing it here and storing it there, not using it like we like to. But. Right. And we just sort of decided one day, you know, we're not getting any younger. We're still healthy and we can hike and we can go and do things and we're active and we decided it's time. <laughs> so uh, you had, you had it for a couple of years before you actually started using it full time then. Right. Right. We, we bought it three years ago in Waco, in Waco Texas. Um, I guess three years ago, July. So we've had it a little over three years. <clears throat> yeah. I've seen all the RV shops on the road between Dallas and Waco. There's a million of them. I, we actually bought it from an individual. Oh, okay. um, it had been garage kept. Uh, I mean, in this huge garage, beautiful garage, and and so it had been garage kept for the last five years. It only oh. had like twenty twenty two thousand miles on it when we bought it. Wow! Uh, it, it was in really really good shape. Not to say that we haven't you know added things to that and mm -hmm. made it better, but yeah. How did you guys customize it? What did you do? Well, I mean, there's things we're working on. We continually customize. <laughs> yeah. It is a process, isn't it? It's like a house. It's like buying a used home. You know. 
but we we did some things we did some things to make the driving smoother i don't remember what they're called stabilizers or yeah, uh, yeah stabilizer for the uh, front end i mean it's basically a big bus it's 40 feet long mm -hmm. diesel pusher so it's basically a big bus so you know, we've, we've done, we did shocks, we did some new shocks, we did stabilizers. Did new tires. Like new tires. Yeah. We came across a pass um, going into Southern California that scared the bejeebies out of both of us because mm. we came through a pass and the wind caught us. And if I'd have been at the helm, it would not have been a good situation because <laughs> it blew us on the road. And at that point in time, we decided we needed stabilizers mm -hmm. because it scared both of us. Yeah, um, that's a big vehicle. It can really catch the wind, can't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though you have all the wind warnings on the road and all that, and you're prepared for it, it's still, it pushed us about four feet sideways. Oh, my. <laughs> that's nothing in a sailboat. Like a sailboat. No, you know, no but, but when that happens in a sailboat, we feel it too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now you start RVing and you find yourself, you know, working um, and volunteering in nonprofit organizations. Were, were you already volunteering prior to your RV life? We had served with um, a group called Eight Days of Hope a couple of times before, once down in Alabama, once in South Carolina. And um, Houston is my hometown um, and so since they were going to be in Houston for three weeks, we opted to serve with them the whole time. We actually went ahead of time and helped. Um, yeah, we went in and actually did assessing ahead of time. Um, and then after that worked, we were there for three weeks. It was three long, hard, good weeks. <laughs> and this was, was this after Irma? After, after Harvey. After Harvey. I'm sorry. I said Irma. Yeah, Harvey. Sorry. I'm getting my hurricanes mixed up. <laughs> oh, and um, it was the last one they had quite a few years ago in mm -hmm. Houston. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so there you are volunteering in Houston. And were you in your RV at the time as well? Yes. Yes. We parked it not far, probably a mile and a half from the church. Okay. Very nice. That was our, that was our home base. What, what is it that happened in September that, um, got you guys on the track of being plant-based. How did that come about? That's an interesting story. <laughs> um, I, we had just gotten back. We spent last summer uh, in Europe renting motorhomes, and we were there for four months. And we had just gotten back, and we're just getting into our motorhome. And a couple of things happened. When we got back, our refrigerator had gone out. So we had zero refrigerator. We were living out of a cooler. Um, and then I have a history of having two uh, stage four melanomas removed. And I was, it was, it was the Saturday of Labor Day weekend and I was standing outside watching him do something. And I put my hands on my hips to, I don't know what I was doing, but I, I felt another one and it really kind of upset me. And uh, so I, I, I it just, it just hit me really hard and about the same time, I don't know if it was a day before or maybe the day after, I had received a Facebook message from a friend of mine in Memphis, which is where we had lived uh, and I had been for 20 years. Um, and it was a link to a gentleman's website called Chris Wark with Chris Beat Cancer. Mm -hmm. And I went and watched his film. And what really struck me is he was from Memphis 
Um, he was diagnosed in um, 2004 with stage four colon cancer. And when that happened with him, he did the surgery, but he then proceeded to basically cure himself with nutrition. Mm -hmm. And after I watched the first one, I told Clyde, I said, if, if this is a melanoma, I said, we are doing something major drastic. Mm. Um, and he watched the film with me and he interviewed, we watched an interview with Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. And because Clyde has some heart disease and, um, um, diabetes in his family, uh, which we know is not necessarily the issue any longer. Um, he was very interested in going plant-based. And so our refrigerator was empty and we had a cooler and we began. And here we are almost a year later. It's been wonderful. I think I would just add the fact that, I mean, we were very interested in nutrition. I mean, we had gone you know, doing a lot of things. We'd gone to kale smoothies in the morning and, you know, doing a lot of things that, that were really helped our health and that type of thing. And uh, uh, before, after we retired and before we went to Europe, we spent a week with my right. uh, yeah. um, son and, and daughter-in-law and uh, they had gone plant-based about six months before that. Wow. And so we spent that whole week, you know, supporting and, and Kay was learning new recipes and <laughs> cooking and, and enjoying time with our son who was doing a lot of cooking. And um, we felt so good after that week and before we went on a ship uh, to go to uh, uh, Europe. And we go, man, you know, we could do this. And but, you know, we spent a lot of time over there, not not obviously not uh, plant based. But when we got back. Yeah, as Kay was saying, is that, and and uh, just a little bit about my background. Is I for thirty years I was a trial lawyer in Minnesota, so I looked at all the facts, evidence, and mm -hmm. part of my background was, you know, watch, seeing both sides of the argument. You know, looking at both sides of the argument, always in preparation for one way or another. But when I, when Caldwell Esselstein, when he did the interview, it was fairly short. Yeah, but very pointed and just, you know, pointed to some very strong evidence that I really never had heard or considered before. And as Kay said, I have, you know, siblings with high blood pressure, uh, type 2 diabetes, um, you know, and all of that and heart. My youngest brother's had a heart attack already and a stent put in. And, uh, you know, my dad died before the age I am. And uh, mm -hmm. wow. five brothers, you know, had all, you know, passed away very early. So all from heart attacks. So we knew that there was something there, but, you know, Dr. Esselstyn really got my attention. And I, and at that time I told Kay, yeah, let's, let's look into this. Well, and I, I truly, I thought, yeah, this will last about two weeks. And here we are. <laughs> it's very interesting because uh, I'm a very evidence-based person myself. Uh, and, and when we tell our story, uh, Maya will tell people that it was, I don't just jump on anything uh, and, and she'll tell people it's the evidence that convinced me. Uh, and it's surprising to me that there is so much data out there to support this lifestyle. Uh, and uh, uh, so I'm hoping that that's what, uh, you know, as we spread the message, people will look at the evidence. It's not just, you know, someone talking about a diet and, and saying a few things, but there's uh, studies to back it up. Uh, lots of evidence-based medicine behind it as well. When you talked about for the one week you spent with your, your son, 
And uh, Clyde, you mentioned you guys felt so much better. Uh, tell me what you mean by that. Yeah, and just in that one week, we felt a lot more energy. Um, you know, we, I mean, we said we felt lighter. I said, I feel so light. Yeah. You know, I just felt light. I didn't feel encumbered. It wasn't all that fiber, was it? (laughs) (laughs) One of the things is, you know, because we had felt, you know, before, um, you know, we kind of moved away from gluten because we thought gluten was a problem. And so we were kind of, you know, indigestion and things like that related to that. But when we went to the plant-based, we had... We realized it was the dairy. No. Mm. Okay. Really the dairy or the dairy mix you know, the animal proteins, that type of thing. And, you know, we really, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, that, was, that was pretty good. And, yeah. Uh, well, what's been interesting is we've, we've really not veered from it much at all. But when we were pulling into Minnesota a few months ago, we drove by a Culver's. And I don't know if you have Culver's there in the Dallas mm-hmm. area. But it's, um, it's a, a fast food place, but they have, they have custard and it is some of the best custard you will ever taste. And so we were kind of lollygagging along. And I said, oh, let's just stop and split one. You know, just have one scoop and split one. And so we did. And I woke up in the middle of the night with the worst heartburn I think I've ever had. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I'd forgotten about the custard. And the next morning I went, woke up and I said, oh, I know what it was. Yeah, you know, I've heard, I won't I've heard be doing that again. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard similar stories uh, from people talking about they ate, uh, 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 say, some meat, which was was greasy, uh, and their body had adjusted to uh, a better diet, and then they they felt they paid paid the price for it, stuff like that. Yes. Happens all the time. Once we both stopped using dairy in our coffee, everything changed. I mean, it was significant, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Yep. Yeah. Well, and for years, I mean, literally since my girls were little and they're 25 and 27 now I've been I I haven't drank milk in that long just because I saw what it did for them you know they they've been on either soy or almond milk or whatever I could get my hands on Mm -hmm. just because I I had read and I had I had learned now that didn't stop me from eating cheese but uh but we did not I I haven't drank milk in forever wonderful and I like that it was just that documentary of the story of Chris beats cancer that really did it for you guys followed by the research because these kind of films and documentaries really do impact people. Yeah. As I, as I, as I've studied, uh, um, I read uh, some stuff by Dr. Michael Greger. uh, And uh, I'll tell you as a physician, you would think I know this stuff, but they don't teach us this thing, these things. They don't. And, uh, and I began to realize all of the, uh, cancer fighting uh, things that are in food uh, and uh, some stuff is promoting disease and some stuff is fighting disease and the plant-based uh, plant-based diet is you know is is ripe full of uh, antioxidants and phytonutrients and, and agents that fight cancer and a meat-based diet is actually promoting cancer mm-hmm. so it's interesting when you give up uh, when you give up meat uh, you're, you know, you're giving up meat, which is causing cancer. And then you're starting to eat plants, which, uh, cure cancer. And right. so, uh, you're getting a double benefit by going the lifestyle. And I'll tell you, it's just shocking to me, uh, that it, this stuff is not taught to us. It's just crazy. Well, but you understand why that is that our, our country is built on, 
Yes. <laughs> there, but don't, don't get me started on uh, corporations <laughs> and money and uh, because I know what drives the development of pharmaceuticals and uh, yeah, it, you know, uh, we were just talking about turmeric and, uh, uh, and how good it is for you. Just a quarter teaspoon a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so easy to get that much turmeric and, you know, mix it in in a smoothie or in your foods and different things. Uh, and it's one of the most powerful uh, spice agents that you can use for your health. But there's not, you know, no one's out there. Uh, no billion dollar companies are trying to sell you turmeric because they're right. not making they won't right. make any money off of it. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, but don't get me going with all that. So it sounds like you did sort of an overnight, uh, you made a decision overnight and just started applying this plant-based nutrition. Is that what happened? Well, I don't think it was not necessarily overnight. I mean, it okay. was, but we were, we were traveling. So we were doing some stuff and, and I don't know, Kay kind of alluded to it before when we got back from Europe, unfortunately our motorhome, the refrigerator, the, uh, gas uh, refrigerator oh, that's you know, right. gas electric refrigerator had gone out and basically turned everything left inside of it to black oh, <laughs> so, so it's kind bad. of a sign that you were supposed to start over yeah so after this we'd seen some of the things where uh, you know dr Esselstyn's son goes in and cleans out refrigerators and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. Well, you know, we, that's kind of what happened, happened with us. It just happened. Everything was gone. Um, yeah. But, I, we, would you call it divine intervention? Yeah. yeah. Right. That's right. I never exactly. thought about it that way, but that's probably very true. Probably very true. We it's a very down. subtle way. Just strike your refrigerator out and make you start over. Well, the, be- the beauty of it was I didn't come home to a mess. I had a friend of mine who was watching the motorhome periodically and God bless her soul. She cleaned it out for me before I got home. Oh, nice. I mean, yeah. but I heard, I said, did you take pictures? And she goes, oh, no, I didn't want to remember it. And I didn't want you to remember it. Oh. <laughs> what were the first foods that you began to eat? Well, because we've been living out of a cooler, you know, we always had vegetables. I always had almond milk in it. I always had um salad. We we were eating because we had been in Europe for four and a half, five months. We had eaten a little bit of everything and we needed to shed a few pounds that okay. we had picked up <laughs> over there. I mean, you know, French croissants are pretty yummy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were, we had kind of decided we were going to do smoothies and salads for a while. So that's kind of what got us started. And then after that, just with my research and, you know, as I mentioned, I've, I've researched health and good foods for years. I just really never had a partner that was all in with me. Mm-hmm. And Clyde has been all in from day one. And I think that's really important. It's a very difficult thing to do without um, both of you being all in. It is. It is wonderful to have a, a supportive partner, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, I've, I've talked to some people and I've said, even if you don't think you're all in, just try it for 30 days. Just, yeah. just give it a shot for 30 days. Don't try to, you know, eat down your refrigerator. You, For me, I feel like it was easier to go cold turkey mm. because there's no, uh, because then you can really see the difference. Yeah. You, uh, and, you know, a lot of people say it takes a long time to get accustomed to the beans to get accustomed to the the whole grains. 
but I'm not so sure it does if you're not mixing it with the dairy and you're not mixing it with a little meat here and there. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, but I know for us, it was, you know, the hardest thing was going out to eat and learning what, what we could eat when we were out to eat. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking one of the advantages we might have had is that we started in the fall. So it was kind of in the soup season and then that right, you know, <laughs> through the winter. That was pretty easy because it's right. You know, yeah. easier recipes and that type yes. of thing. And so, but yeah. That's a, that's a good point right there. I mean, we, we enjoy comfort foods as well. And probably the first thing that I veganized uh, for him was one of his favorite soups from Olive Garden, the uh, mm-hmm. pasta fagioli. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, yeah. So, which is really um, the, the little right. small pasta you put in there with a variety of beans and right. then of course other spices and um, onion and garlic. But I included at the time uh, sort of a vegan ground beef, yeah. kind of the vegan version of it. And we still enjoyed it. Yeah. And in fact, you know, uh, I, I told her in, I, we, she included the vegan ground beef just to make it look like and, and right. consistency of the previous one that I ate. But I, I would do it even without the, uh, the vegan ground beef, you know, right. Uh, it's probably some f- uh, form of tofu or something like that. But we stopped using, uh, we don't use as many of those products anymore. So, but it, in terms of transitioning, it, it works to have something to kind of transition. And then for us, it's been better uh, eating cleaner, less processed foods. The more we're in it, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Us. You might say that when we started, it was just, doing whatever we could to uh, not eat meat and dairy and cheese. And then over time we transitioned to where we were picking, making even healthier choices with what we were doing. Cause you know, because, uh, because a vegan or even uh, you know, a plant-based diet can have processed foods and yeah. different things like that, that aren't even necessarily healthy for you. I saw a um, website the other day, or it might've been an Instagram account. And it's the, it's the one, one ingredient, one ingredient vegan or one ingredient recipe. And when I looked at it, I thought, well, how can you have one ingredient? And his, what he means is if there's more than one ingredient in it, you don't need to be eating it. And, and I went, Oh, that's a good point. Uh We don't do the vegan butter and that kind of stuff. It's just too many oils. And so. Right. Right. Yeah. That's uh, you know, that's very, you know, very basic, I guess, like Esselstyn teaches, uh, uh, don't add salt, don't add oil, you know, things like don't add refined stuff. Uh, it's hard to do. It, it really is. So during your plant-based journey, have you been mobile? It is our only home. Yep. So yes. yes. <laughs> what, what's it like every time you sort of have to replenish your foods and you have any problem when you're traveling? You pray for a sprouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we were there last night. Sprouts grocery stores. <laughs> All these are pretty good. Too. And all these are pretty good too. And, but we really look is for the farmer markets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, and we, we came across a really nice one in North Carolina. Yes. In Charlotte. That was really good. Yeah. I could have stayed there a couple of months yes. just to enjoy the farmer's market. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. We, we do the same thing when we're uh, sailing up and down the Florida coast. Uh, one of the first things we do is look for the farmer's markets in the cities. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I think we've hit a, a farmer's market in four or five different cities. You know, right. travel. What is it like when you're mingling with other people <laughs> in terms of what you eat? Any problems? That's a little more of a challenge. It is. Yeah. I mean, because if you do rallies, uh, as we did one for, you know, we, we own an Alpha Motorhome. So mm-hmm. we were at a rally in uh, Southern California this last spring with the Alpha owners. So even though there's, there's 
several people there that are, you know, plant-based, they usually stay in their motor home to fix their meals rather than go to the, you know, <laughs> yeah. to the group or that type of thing. So, so it is, it, it's still fairly difficult, but I think, you know, there's becoming more and more awareness. So that's nice. Well, when we were at the rally, uh, they had asked us if there was any specialized foods. And so I, you know, I put on there that we were vegan plant-based and, so they did have a couple of times they had some vegetarian selections, um, but that can still be very different. Yeah. Uh, because typically the, that involves eggs or it involves cheese. And um, so that was, I'll have to be a little more specific next time. <laughs> yeah. Any chance you might've done any blood work before starting? Well, I probably had my annual, you know, cholesterol. Have you seen any differences in your blood work, especially cholesterol and fats and things like that? Significantly, significant reduction in the uh, cholesterol as well as the blood pressure. Awesome. That's great. I'm curious to know what your doctor has to say about that. Oh, he's. He was, he was very encouraging. Uh, doctors back in Memphis, now that we've gone, I haven't been back to see Dr. Stamps since, but he saw me, you know, just a few months in and was very encouraged over the, you know, the progress that I made. And, and within just, I mean, within three months, I lost almost 20 pounds. No, you lost almost 30 pounds. Well, I, oh, totally. Yeah. But I'm just saying this is in, I lost 30 pounds totally, but with just those two yeah. months, those first two months when I saw it last, I had lost oh, okay. you know, 20 pounds. So That was a surprise for both of us because we Never were tried. doing it for our health we were not doing it for weight loss, but we certainly enjoyed having to buy the new pants. <laughs> not a bad excuse. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was curious uh, about the physician because uh, some physicians, um, uh, just like many people in the population, uh, will reject the idea and come up with excuses to tell you what you're doing is wrong or bad. And others, it opens their eyes and sometimes uh, gets them to then look at this in a new light and maybe even embrace uh, the, this approach to nutrition. Uh, and so I was curious to know if your physician, if, if it made any changes in his attitude. I really didn't get a chance to discuss a lot with them, you know, because they, you know, they book everybody pretty tight. But uh, yeah. you know, one of the things that we had done as we were traveling, we listened to Dr. Furman's uh, book as well. And so the nutrition and the diabetes and that type of thing. And I know that my doctor, has sees a lot of patients with diabetes, type 2 mm -hmm. diabetes. We did have an encouraging experience that wasn't ours, but his brother recently um, had some blood work done and had some issues with some different things. And when his blood work came back, his doctor told him, well, you can do one of two things. You can take more of this medicine or you can go on a plant-based diet. Wow. And I was shocked, really? I, but I was excited. Yeah. And I was he said that to you, and he's a young doctor. He's in his 30s. Wow. Um, and they are plant-based. Mm -hmm. So it was encouraging to see that it's infiltrating. Yes. You know, That's at, a good way at, to put it. At the best yeah. level. Yeah. There's, uh, uh, I think you'll see physicians my age, uh, you know, kind of uh, a generation into medicine. Um, we're taught, we were taught one thing, and that's, you know, kind of stuck. But a lot of the younger physicians and medical students now um, are plant-based and understand the power of our diet. Uh, and um, I think we're going to see 
uh, that it's going to grow from the younger crowd. So, Kay, what is uh, one of your favorite dishes? I'm the guilty one of always making something new. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anything with sweet potatoes and black beans. And, and one of the things that we do that we've really found incredibly helpful is regardless of what I cook, um, especially in the fall if I'm making soups, the bottom of the bowl always has greens in it. Ah. And you can put any soup on top of lettuce. Mm -hmm. And it is so yummy, just so incredibly yummy. And then a lot of times if I've made a soup and there's extra soup left over, there's not much, I just blend it up and put it in a dressing bottle. And that's the dressing for our salads the next wow. week. Hmm. And that has, I think what has surprised me most about cooking this way Mm -hmm. is that when you have little bits and pieces of different things left over, they all go together. Yes. <laughs> they all can just they kind really of be mixed together in a salad. And, and it's amazing how it tastes. Yeah. I like, uh, I like what you said. It's uh, uh, there's like, you can make it leftover, leftover Sundays or whatever, because uh, right. you, you've made some stuff all week and you got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And you bring it all out and you can make a meal out of those things. Exactly. Yeah. One of the things that I probably do every week is I roast, re I roast red and yellow and orange peppers and, mm. you know, blacken them, take the skins off, put them in a container, put them in the fridge because they go on everything. They go mm. on a sandwich, they go on a wrap, they go on top of, you know, sweet potatoes and beans and, um, so that is something that I do almost every week. And then they're prepared. They're ready to go when you want them. What, what other stuff do you like to um, prepare ahead of time for the week? I have a recipe for um, feta mm -hmm. that is made with tofu that you press. And it's got um, apple cider vinegar in it. And it's got nutritional yeast in it and oregano and... Um, I don't remember what all else, but I make that almost weekly because the same thing, it, it can go on top or in between or in a wrap. And because when we're traveling, if we want to stop and go hike somewhere, yet we're hungry, um, I'll make a wrap and mm -hmm. we take it and throw it in our pack and off we go. And so that's something that we, we do a lot of, um, but I, I do try, with, especially when we're traveling, I try to prep things so that it's easy to pull things out and I'm not cutting and chopping, um, mm -hmm. you know, consistently. Or if I'm, if I'm going to make, if the first thing I'm making that week is, you know, to um, saute some onions, then I do five or six. And then it all goes in the refrigerator. So I have my onions already done when I'm ready to create something. How do you prepare, uh, what do you spice your beets with? Um, I just a little balsamic vinegar. Okay. That's it. If they, yeah. I don't feel like they need anything more. And I try to buy beets with the greens on them because yeah. I'll, you know, immediately cut them apart and rinse the greens. And, um, I actually roll them in, um, like a Norwex cloth and then put them in a, in a bag. Yes. And those are wonderful in a salad. But the other thing beet greens are fabulous for is for a smoothie. You know, sometimes greens will make a smoothie thick. Uh -huh. I don't know what it is about beet greens. Beet greens thins a smoothie. And it is the 
best, best green to put in a smoothie? The green leafy vegetables are great for your cardiovascular health, which is what I push. And so it's good. Uh, but we've never tried beet greens uh, just because it's a little foreign to us. But I think we're going to now. Well, uh, I want to try the sushi made with collard greens. Mm. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. But that's the next one of the things I want to try. So my question, the next question is about... You mentioned the smoothie. Now, do you guys have one go-to smoothie or do you have a variety of things? Or is it just throw whatever you want in there? Whatever was on sale at the store the last time we were there. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that usually throw in some, some blueberries. We, we go through a lot of blueberries. Yeah, we, we, frozen keep, we keep frozen blueberries and I keep mangoes and I really like mangoes. I really like blueberries. And, you know, if, any fruit that, you know, gets a little bit ripe, then I will go ahead and just freeze it. Mm. Ah, and we yeah. put almond butter in our smoothies. Okay. Oh, yes. That's true. You can do that. Yeah. We need to write. Yeah. We're going to start making a list here. <laughs> what about sprouts? Have you started sprouting? I sprouted years ago when I made homemade bread because I had a, a sprouted wheat bread, wheat berry bread that was fabulous. Mm-hmm. But I haven't sprouted since then. But when we were in South Carolina, North, North Carolina. or North Charlotte, Carolina in Charlotte, we were at the farmer's market. And there was a gentleman that had a booth. And he didn't call them sprouts. He called them microgreens. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the reason he started doing these was his wife had something. Lupus, I don't, or, something. lupus yeah. or something. And he was trying to get as many you know, nutrients into her system as possible. And so we bought four of his little bags and we were like, okay, we need to start doing this. So I've not started yet, but that's on my list too. They were exceptional. They were exceptional. Yeah. Oh, they were wonderful. They, 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 were interest, they interest me because I think you can grow them in a small space, like on a boat, you know? Yes. Well, in a, in a, in a mason jar, all yeah. you have to do is take your center of the mason jar lid out and cut a little piece of screen to go in there and then and you're done it was when i heard the evidence and i looked at it and i go man what why am why haven't we been doing this before in essence you know kind of saying you know a little bit ashamed of myself but you know because i grew up you know and trying to do good health and that type of thing you know from the 80s on and i was involved in you know a lot of different things and then to look back and hear most of this stuff that i'm hearing now was released in the 80s and i go you know, wow, we, you know, I mean, I, I've been involved in politics and things like that in the past, so I know how things work, but still very disappointed that, that it's not right now, it should be very much mainstream. Yeah. But. Um, so we appreciate so what we, you guys are doing very, very much. much. Very much. So. Well, very. thank you. So wow. I think it's like you said, there's, uh, but the awareness is growing uh, and it's early, but I think it's going to continue to grow and spread. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I told Clyde, if we were in our 40s and not in our 60s, I would consider opening a restaurant and mm. franchising yeah. it. But I, I'm past that. I, I want to enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's too much work. That is true. But maybe through social media, you can share some of your recipes as well. Uh, you've encouraged me. <laughs> would you like to tell us how Trekking with Clay came about? Um, well, the Clay came about... Uh, when we got sort of married, like Liz's introduction. Yes, yes. <laughs> it basically Clyde and Kay was uh, our oldest son Evan toasted to us at our wedding, and it came out instead of Clyde and Kay, it came out as Clay, 
And just like so, I just did, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So when we were when we were getting ready to leave for Europe, I I, I used to run the website for um, my church, and so and, and in my background is a ton of computer background, um, and so I wanted to start a website. Um, and so I did, and we, we, we deliberated for a long time about what the word trek means and just the different words, you know, wandering and mm-hmm. all kinds of words. And that was where we netted out. Now, I haven't done as much with it as I'd like to, but you've encouraged me. So I may yet get there. Well, thank you, because I actually look forward to um, anything that you're doing on your RV. We enjoy seeing how other people live. You would be surprised. There are many young families that are raising their families, homeschooling them. Really? On the road. It is, it, it's just, it's amazing the people we meet. See, that's, so now we have to know the RV uh, community as well. Yeah. There's, there's a young couple that we follow that we actually got to meet uh, when we were in Utah called RV Wanderlust. And they're a sweet, sweet couple. Her mom and dad are out of Corpus, so they'll be leaving out of Corpus. They're headed down to Mexico for three months. If other people would like to follow you on social media or ask you any questions, how can they reach you? Trekking with Clay. Trekking with Clay on Instagram. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's probably the best place right now. And maybe I'll get the website moving in the right direction. (laughs) There'll be a big gap. Well, and especially because you'll be attending an event next uh, in April of next year, right? Yes, yes. And that is, uh, is, is it another um, like rally? Is it a rally? It's, it is a rally, and this one's going to be held in Fredericksburg, Texas. Oh, be nice. held there, right there in Fredericksburg. It's been a pleasure. I want to thank you guys for uh, joining us for this conversation. Uh, and we look forward to uh, having some more in person in the future. That sounds great. Our our pleasure. We'll let you know when we're back in Texas. All right. Yes, we definitely need to get together and uh, and meet in person for sure. All right. (laughs) Thanks, you guys, for joining us. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Dr. Riz and Maya with Plant-Based DFW. 